What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Coffee with a friend is like capturing joy in a cup. Welcome to the Coffee with Jenny B podcast, hosted by Jenny B, a lover of all things coffee. Each week, Jenny will chat about connecting over coffee, what brings her joy, and everything in between. A lot can happen over coffee, so grab a cup, sit back, and enjoy. Now, here's your host, Jenny B. Hello and welcome to the show. As you know, I love coffee. I mean, it's coffee with Jenny B. But I love the taste of coffee in the morning. That feeling of energy and it just makes you wake up happy. Well, at least I do. (laughs) I look forward to that cup of coffee. I set my coffee maker the night before. And as soon as I get out of bed, before I do anything else... I turn on that coffee maker and then I go about whatever it is I'm doing. I get the paper, I get my cup ready. I sometimes even just wait and listen to the coffee brewing as it as it's gurgling and the aroma. And I can almost taste that delicious cup of coffee, but I don't rush. I take my time. I wait because I know that it's going to be absolutely wonderful. But you know what else I love in addition to coffee is I love wine. Specifically, I really like red wine. Now, I like white wine, but I like to drink it in the summer. You know, I make it into a spritzer where I take some club soda, a wedge of lime, and then I can enjoy that white wine spritzer you know, sitting either outside on the patio or you're out at a patio and you're out with friends and it's just so refreshing and it's crisp and clean, but it's more of an afternoon drink. You know, it's more of a, maybe perhaps a lunchtime or maybe again on the patio and having appetizers and enjoying that spritzer. But most of the time it's red wine for me. And I like all kinds of red wine. I like You know, the Pinot Noir, which is a little bit lighter in color and in taste. I like the Cabernet Sauvignon. I also like a Merlot, although I find a Merlot is almost a little too smooth for me. Whereas my husband really does enjoy a Merlot, although he will drink anything. (laughs) He doesn't know the difference between all the wines. Maybe it doesn't matter to him. He just enjoys drinking it. But I like to consider all the different types of wine, you know, so I mentioned the Pinot Noir and the Cabernet Sauvignon. My favorite, though, I do have to admit, is a Shiraz. There's something about the Shiraz that, you know, similar to enjoying that dark roast coffee, for me, the Shiraz, it wakens my senses in a different way. 
And there's different types of Shiraz. You you get the Shiraz from Australia, of course, but then you also get a Shiraz. There's the more domestic ones, you know, the ones that you can get from the United States or Canada. And then some of the Latin American countries, you know, Chile will offer a Shiraz, although they're mainly known for their Carmenere. They also do a, a Malbec, which is a, a blend, which Australia does actually very well. And so does Argentina for that matter. But I like the Shiraz and I like trying different ones. One of my favorite Shiraz is from Australia and it's Bloodstone Shiraz. Now I first tried that at a restaurant in Winnipeg that unfortunately no longer exists. It was called Food as an F-U-D-E. It was located on Osborne in the village. And it, I loved that restaurant. It was just so eclectic and they had so many interesting main courses and their appetizers were just so creative. And I absolutely loved going there. And I, I went there every chance I could. But the first time that I went to food, I was with my friend Irene and Lisa. We were working at the time at Infocorp. And my goodness, this is going back how many years? Oh, more than 20, I want to say 20 years. But it was our first time at food. And I can't remember who suggested we go there. Uh, it, I think it might have been Irene. I think Irene had been there. And she had mentioned that we should try it. And I'm always open to try new experiences and new restaurants. And their house wine was actually the Bloodstone Shiraz. And when I first tried it, I was in heaven, basically. Because when you think about a Pinot Noir, so again, it's very light and it's very easy drinking. It's just very light if you want to think about it that way. But the Bloodstone Shiraz, now the Shiraz is not heavy like a Burgundy and it isn't as, I want to say heavy as a Cabernet Sauvignon, but it is kind of plummy, you know? So when you take a sip of the Bloodstone Shiraz and it kind of sits on your tongue and plummy is the only way that I can describe it because it fills your mouth with this wine that wakes up your senses, similar to the coffee in the morning that wakes up my senses, but it wakes it up in a different way. It almost just says, hello, how are you enjoying this beautiful taste of wine? And it just, uh, oh, I can't even describe how good that feels. And it's the kind of wine that you sip slowly. You don't guzzle it. Well, you should never guzzle wine. <laughs> it doesn't matter what kind of wine, but you should never guzzle it. You want to savor it. You want to enjoy it. You want to make it last as long as possible. You know, when you think that wine is something to be enjoyed in a relaxing state, you've had a long day at work or busy doing things, and this is your opportunity to relax, whether you're out with company, whether you're having dinner at home, or maybe you're just sitting at a wine bar or sitting in front of the fireplace or wherever you're sitting, it doesn't matter where it is, it's enjoying the moment. 
It's sitting with that glass of wine and enjoying the moment. And it's interesting when you think about coffee and wine, because I've always said that life happens over coffee, but there are lots of memes out there that talk about coffee and wine. And one of my favorites is, life is what happens between coffee and wine. (laughs) And it's true because again, coffee in the morning and wine at night. Well, except for the spritzer in the afternoon, but that's an anomaly. So we'll, we'll just leave that one out. But it's enjoying the coffee in the morning that wakes you up, gives you that energy versus wine at night. It awakens your senses in a different way, but it's more of a, a relaxing opportunity. It's, you know, kick back, relax, sip on the wine. And both coffee and wine can be had over conversations. You're out with a friend, you're having a conversation, and you're enjoying either a cup of coffee again in the morning or a glass of wine in the evening. And when you think again about coffee and wine, so I mentioned that there are a lot of memes out there. And if you look it up, you'll find there's so many different ones And some of them make me laugh. Another one that I really like is, give me coffee to change the things I can and wine to accept those that I cannot. (laughs) It's true because wine, you're sipping there and it's like, ah, who cares? doesn't matter. What's done is done and I can go on. And the other one that I really like is, my life is 50% wondering if it's too late to drink coffee and 50% wondering if it's too early to drink wine. (laughs) And I'm sure those of you that are listening to this will agree that where's that balance between, is it, okay, do you have to wait until noon before you can have a glass of wine? Or, you know, is it more acceptable to wait until after five? I guess it really doesn't matter. It depends on what it is that you want to do. You know, if you're out for lunch and you feel like having a glass of red wine, then have that glass of red wine because that's what you feel like. I had mentioned in a previous episode, there's a a book called Coffee Self-Talk. You know, the idea that you say affirmations to yourself in the morning while you're having coffee and it's sitting quietly in stillness, in silence perhaps, being mindful of drinking that cup of coffee you know, taking that sip, letting it sit on your tongue. Well, as long as it's not too hot, (laughs) but letting it sit on your tongue and letting your senses absorb the feeling. What does it taste like? How does it feel going down? You know, I like to think that first sip of that perfect cup of coffee, I take that sip and I feel the warmth in my chest and it's like, oh, I just know it's going to be a great experience. And it usually is when I'm having coffee, but sometimes that feeling, that first sip of really, really good coffee, it just completes me and it makes me feel alive and joyful and happy and all the things that coffee should make you feel. But again, it's it's taking time to smell the aroma because the taste is actually in the aroma because before you actually taste the coffee, you're smelling it. And so while it's brewing, you can smell it 
and it fills the air and it gives you that sense of anticipation, knowing that you are going to have that beautiful cup of coffee. Now, the same author has written wine self-talk. Yes, the idea that same principles apply, but it applies to wine, where you are then sitting in stillness, in silence perhaps, and enjoying the moment. Again, different than coffee with its aroma, in wine it's the bouquet, and it's taking that sip and letting it again, as I mentioned with the Bloodstone Shiraz, kind of sit on your tongue, filling your mouth, and feeling the senses come alive, but in a different way. And I know both with coffee and with wine, they have tastings. Now, with coffee, it's called cupping, and it's a bowl kind of, it's a small bowl without handles, and there's a spoon that you use. And so when roasters are checking the roast of the beans to determine if it's the right notes that they're looking for, so the tasting notes, and if the tasting notes are not quite accurate, then it's adding perhaps a different coffee. So, you know, for instance, if you have a Sumatra and it's just a little too dark for you in terms of what you're looking for, you might add some beans from Ethiopia. So there's a little bit of the acidity, the the brightness that can add that to the Sumatra and then it changes the complexity and the tasting notes. Or you can decide that perhaps you want to roast the beans a little longer. It really depends, but you're cupping. So what you're doing is you're slurping the coffee with a spoon. So you take a spoonful of the coffee, you're swirling it around in your mouth, deciding, okay, so are these the tasting notes that I'm looking for? And then you spit it out because you are perhaps trying a number of different types of coffee to see which one is the one that you are looking for in terms of the, again, tasting notes and the complexity and the, and the roast and so on. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Now with wine, similarly, you would do wine tasting. So you would take a sip of the wine, again, similar to the coffee experience. You let it sit on your tongue and then you swirl it around in your mouth. And then you're deciding what does that taste like? Because again, there are tasting notes in the wine and then you would normally spit it out. Because if you are a sommelier, a wine expert, or you have your vineyard, you want to try the wines. You want to make sure that, that it is the right consistency, that it has the bouquet, the notes that you're looking for. And then getting back to the aroma. So the aroma from the coffee or the bouquet from the wine, typically before they actually try the wine, 
it is smelling. So it's, it's almost putting your whole face almost <laughs> into the glass of wine, but it's the nose. It's smelling the bouquet. And what does that smell like to you? What is that scent? Is it something that entices you to want to have that sip of wine? And there are a number of coffee roasters that will offer cupping opportunities for you to try yourself so that you get an opportunity to try different coffees. And then I know that there are wine festivals that happen that you get an opportunity to try different wines. Again, the idea is you take a sip, swirl it around, and then you're supposed to spit it out. But if it's a $50 bottle of wine and you really enjoy it, it's like, you know what? I'm just going to swallow it because it tastes good. (laughs) But when you're doing that all evening, you will get a little tipsy. (laughs) So the idea again is taste, swirl, and then spit it out so that you can then try other wines and perhaps find your next best favorite bottle of wine. And what's interesting when you think about the different types of wine, because you can get a $50 or $100 bottle of wine and for you, because it's a, it's very personal, you may not like that $50 or $100 wine, but you'll pick up a $15 bottle of wine and that's the one you like. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because it is based on what you enjoy. What are you looking for? Do you want something that is a little bit richer? Do you want something that is a little bit more easygoing, easy sipping? something that's a little bit lighter. It's really dependent on taste. Again, similar to coffee, I like a dark roast, but I've also enjoyed a medium roast and a light roast. I don't like them all. There are some that I've tried and it's, okay, I tried it. It's not my favorite. Would I go out of my way to buy it again? Probably not. But then there are those that I really like and those are the ones that I will continue buying because I love the flavor. I know what I love. And whether it's coffee or whether it's wine, you should never settle for anything less than the best for you. Now, that's not to say that coffee from a tin, you know, Maxwell House or Tim Hortons, McDonald's, whatever you enjoy is what you enjoy. You don't have to drink the expensive coffee. You don't have to drink the expensive wine. And speaking of wine, the box wine is actually pretty good. And in fact, some of them are are really good. And I know that box wine at one time, I, I don't know if it's still considered that way now, but I know at one time it was like, oh, box wine, snob, turn your nose up at that <laughs> and say that it's not good wine. But there are some really good wines that are now in a box. It just means that instead of a bottle, You have three or four liters, depending on the type of wine that you're buying. And so if you're having company over or you're doing a potluck, bring a box because there's more wine instead of having to open several bottles of wine. But again, it depends on what you're doing. If you're doing a wine and cheese, yeah, maybe a boxed wine doesn't necessarily work because then you're thinking of pairing the different wines with different cheeses. And, you know, when you think about coffee again, pairing it with different pastries. So some pastries that have more of a chocolate note, obviously will pair well with a brownie or something like a chocolate croissant, something that has maybe nutty overtones, tasting notes, 
might pair well with something that has nuts in it or fruit. And so it's experimenting and trying the different coffees with the different pastries, wine with different foods. And what's interesting too about trying coffee and wine, the taste will be different after you've eaten something. So when you think that, say, you're drinking an Ethiopian coffee, which has a little bit more of the citrus overtones, if you have a a bite of an orange and then take another sip of that coffee, that will intensify the citrus notes for you because you've had that sip and then the bite of the orange. Similarly, you know, if you have a bit of chocolate with the coffee, that's going to change the taste as well. And with wine, depending on the food that you're eating. So some wines go well with spicy dishes. So some wines go well with meat dishes, you know, and it used to be that if you're having fish, you have white wine or chicken, you have white wine. And if you're having beef or pork, gamey meats, that kind of thing, you would normally have red wine. But that can apply if you are really hard and fast in terms of the pairing of the certain foods with your wine, but really it doesn't matter. It's all based on taste. So I can drink red wine with turkey, chicken, fish. I can have a glass of white wine if I'm having spaghetti and meatballs, although typically I would have red, (laughs) but it's really no rules. And let's talk about rosé for a second. You know, rosé is another one of those wines that can really pair with anything. But for me, if I'm having a rosé, I'm having something something sweet to go with the rosé because rosés typically may have a little bit more sugar. And then, of course, you have the champagnes and the Prosecco that are a little bit more bubbly. And typically, those can be drunk on their own, or you can make a mimosa by adding a little bit of orange juice. So there's a lot that you can do in terms of adjusting the flavor depending on what it is that you're looking for. Now, there's lately been this crazy thing about espresso and orange juice. I haven't tried it. I know a few people have tried it and they're like, oh, it's not bad. Okay. If I'm going to drink coffee, I don't want it to be, okay, that's not bad. (laughs) If I want orange juice, I will either drink it on its own or have it with a glass of champagne or Prosecco. But I'm not mixing my coffee with anything. The only thing I'm putting in my coffee is cream. (laughs) And so for me, I'm more of a purist in a sense. Although if I was definitely a purist, I would drink it black. But I just like the idea of adding a little bit of cream to my coffee because that just, again, it makes me happy. You know, some people like to add sugar and other additives. And and that's great because, again, it's, it's a matter of taste and what you appreciate. And when we think about not just the memes, you know, I've talked about a few memes that make me smile and and I really enjoy. There are lots of other items that combine the idea of coffee and wine. You can look at t-shirts, there's socks, there's mugs, there's glasses. You can find that absolutely everywhere because it's a thing. Coffee in the morning, wine at night. And it makes perfect sense to enjoy your coffee in the morning and have your wine at night. Now, I know that they're saying that in moderation, you know, the idea now with Canada Food Guide that no more than two glasses of 
wine per week. Not per day, not a glass of wine every day, but recommend maximum of two per week. And coffee, they recommend that no more than three cups per day of a standard eight ounce cup of coffee. Because too much coffee, although I've always said (laughs) no such thing as too much coffee, but sometimes drinking too much can cause you to be a little bit too energetic in a sense. Some people can't handle that much caffeine. And then they either switch to decaf or half-calf, so they mix half-decaf and half-regular coffee, or they stick with their one cup of coffee in the morning, and they're good with it. So it depends on what it is that you want. You know, if you feel like you want to have a glass of wine every night with dinner, that is your prerogative, that is your choice, and if that's something that you enjoy and fits in with your lifestyle, then who's to say that you shouldn't be doing it? But adding a little bit of caution there, If you feel that it is interfering with your life, you may want to cut back a little. And that's what I've done for myself is that I've left my wine enjoyment to the weekend because I, even though I I had enjoyed having a glass of wine with dinner every night, I found I was getting into a habit of reaching for that bottle of wine and having that glass and realizing that, you know what? I don't necessarily need to have that wine every night. I can save it for the weekend because, you know, typically Saturday we're going out for dinner or, you know, my husband's making, you know, a beautiful steak or we're having pizza, wine and pizza, my Friday night's wine and pizza. That is a tradition that we've been doing for, oh my gosh, I think ever since we got together and that's that's 28 years. So that's 28 years of pizza and wine on a Friday. <laughs> and But it's something I look forward to coming home on a Friday and the week is done. You've got the weekend ahead of you and it's an opportunity to kick back and relax. And let me tell you, weekend coffee is the best. I love it. I will put on a full pot of coffee and I will sit there and enjoy my coffee I will read the paper on Saturday morning, do the crossword puzzle, and just enjoy the moment. I don't have to rush anywhere. I don't have any obligations. It's me relaxing and enjoying that coffee. And Sunday morning as well. If it's nice outside, I'll sit outside with my coffee. Otherwise, I'll sit in the living room. I might turn on the TV or I might just sit in stillness and just enjoy the moment of me with my coffee. So until next time, think about how you enjoy your coffee. And if you enjoy your wine, and is there a favorite coffee? Do you prefer a light roast, medium roast, dark roast? Are you a decaf person? And do you enjoy drinking wine? And are you more to the reds like I am? Or do you prefer your white? Or maybe you don't drink wine at all. There are a number of non-alcoholic wines out there that are actually pretty good. So it depends on what you're looking for. But whether you enjoy your coffee in the morning and or your wine at night, I hope that those experiences are ones that make you happy and give you joy. 
Thanks so much for listening. If you like Coffee with Jenny B and want to know more, connect with Jenny on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. That's Jenny with a G. Until then, all you need is joy and more coffee. It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. This podcast will help you become the money expert among your family and friends. Just remember, anyone can be a cash kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast.